0: Welcome to Wisdom Wednesday. I'm Joey. My beautiful wife and I have uh, been taking turns these last two sections as we um, talk about some questions that were sent in to us last week. If you missed it, you're going to want to go back and check it out. As my wife answered the question, how to handle your parents getting divorced as an adult. There's some amazing wisdom and insight shared on that. I believe it's going to be breakthrough um, through whatever you're going through, if that's the situation for you. But we want to dive into two questions today. Um, These are not any easier of questions, uh, but we want to get into them. And hopefully you find some hope, you find some uh, understanding in the midst of all of this. And so the first one we're going to be covering is how do I honor my parents as an adult when I don't respect them and they tend to be mean or rude to me? Um, that's an amazing question uh, to ask. It's a difficult one to break down, but I want to help you with it. And I feel that uh, that it can it can get kind of convoluted. It becomes difficult to answer this kind of question uh, because we're told biblically and as a Christian that we need to um, honor our parents right our mother and parents as it as it specifically says in the word and as an adult you kind of get separated right you get separated from you don't necessarily depend on your parents anymore for resources you may not even live and hopefully not live in their household any longer um, but but you have to continue to honor them um, as they are still alive and and that's a, a that can be a difficult thing because we all haven't had the same experience when it comes to how our parents have treated us maybe how our parents have respected us or maybe our parents have have uh, continued or tried to uh, parent us right even into the adult years and so I want to first break down this first uh, question which is how do I honor because I want to separate honoring and I want to separate respect Um, those are two completely different things although we kind of group them into the same category and so the question was how do I honor even though I'm not respected or, or I'm mistreated, I guess, in, in in essence. And so let's talk a little bit about honor. Um, number one, um, honor is not something that we give based on conditions. Um, so when, when we say we should honor one another or we should honor our parents, the word is not specifically telling us that we have to... Um, Take everything they say to heart. It does not say in honoring that I have to um, do exactly what they've asked me to do. Um, it does not say when honoring that I should that I should take any form of abuse or or um, foul conduct towards me, or ill intent, or ill words spoken over me, or ill uh, behaviors um, against me. That's not what honor is a result of. Honor literally means I see you. I value as a child of God, or in this case, I value as the person that partnered with God into bringing me into this world. And so because I see you, I I acknowledge your value and honor is about acknowledging someone's value as a child of God. And as a parent, when we think about the scripture, honor your mother and your father and your days will be long, right? That's what the scripture specifically says. It's basically replace. Let's replace for a second honor with acknowledge and value. I will acknowledge and value my mother and daughter or my father and mother and my days will be long. And so what we're doing is we're noticing them and we're seeing beyond their circumstances. We're seeing beyond their behavior. We're seeing beyond what we might think is acceptable or not acceptable. And we're simply saying, I see you, I acknowledge you, and I value you. Um, And that can happen very easily. But let's be real about it. For some of us, it's very difficult to honor when maybe we feel that we have not been honored, or maybe when we feel that we have not been cared for properly, or or um, seen ourselves, right, um, or acknowledged ourselves, and so we have to be able to take on um, this part of honor from our identity in God. Uh, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by take on the the, the part of your identity in God to honor? Uh, what I'm saying is is that you need to do your best to try to ask for God, ask the Holy Spirit to equip you with the ability to see them the way he sees them. Um, And I'm going to say that again when we're having difficulty honoring, valuing, acknowledging our parents because of what we've been through, we have to really ask God, specifically the Holy Spirit, to help us to see the value in them, to acknowledge them the way that He values them and acknowledges them. And it really shifts your paradigm when you look at your parents. It will shift your perspective in the way that you that you see your parents, the way that you even might respond to your parents. And I'll even go on the end. The edge right here. Take a little risk. And I'll say it might even change the way you speak to your sp- your parents, even when they're speaking bad to you. When you can ask and invite the Holy Spirit to come in to help you to honor, it does something at a whole nother level. And um, I can explain this to you a little bit in depth. So number one, when why we're asking the Holy Spirit for help is because we know that the Holy Spirit is two things, right? We see it. The main word for Holy Spirit is the Paraclete. It's the thing, it's an apparatus. The paraclete is an apparatus that assists when you pull on a string. They used to create this thing with wooden, um, uh, kind of like wooden wooden A-frame. And they would have a a rope over the top. And they would use their weight's leverage to pull things up to two, three times their weight. And that's what the paraclete was. And so when the Holy Spirit was given to us, it was given to us in the form of what it would be translated as the paraclete. It's saying that you put forth some effort and that and that the paraclete will help you do the exceedingly and abundantly it will help you do the extra that you just can't do on your own and then that word broken up is two things that we hear in the new testament which is called that the holy spirit applies becomes the counselor and the comforter and and i can't go through my day uh, whether it's honoring just an any any person random person or Uh, a boss at a job, but even especially our parents, I can't do it really fully unless I've asked the counselor and the comforter to come in and help me. What is his job in helping you to honor your mother and father to help you honor in the midst of not really having the best relationship? What's happening is, is it's counseling you on the wisdom of God and then it's comforting you while you're honoring to help you know it's okay, I I know what you've been through, I know how you've been treated, I know what's been said to you, but as you're honoring, I'm comforting you. And so when we ask the Holy Spirit for help, it comes and it puts two support beams next to our life. The counselor and the comforter, the one who tells us and advises us and give us wisdom on how and the one who who supports us, loves us and cares for us on the other side of it. And so I just wanted to break that down a little bit because it becomes a little bit more helpful if we break down this question in uh, that was originally stated. How do I honor my parents as an adult, especially when I do not receive respect or, or even even I feel like i am being treated mean Um, towards, and I don't have that respect for them back. And so you have to separate honor and respect. And so we talked a lot about honor. Let's transition into the respect of this question. Being able to feel respected is, 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 um, it's important. I don't care who you are in the world. Everybody wants to be respected Um, I know we my my wife and I have done uh, marriage uh, curriculum and been to conferences, even a conference called Love and Respect. And it talks about how women want to be loved and men want to be respected. And it's absolutely true at the core of your soul. But but really, when it comes to our heart and our mind, everybody wants to be respected. And so when we start to place this question, how do I honor my parents as an adult when I don't feel respected by them? We have to understand that, that when we don't feel respected, it's really about what we're allowing somebody to do in our lives to feel devalued. And so we, when we don't feel respected, it, it, it's obviously not controlled They're Your actions that they commit, you can't control, but what you can control is your ability to respond to disrespect. And I've done this wrong lots of times. So you're not alone if you're listening in here today and you might think, man, uh, Joey, you don't know, it's not that easy, people respect you. Well, no, 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 I've had my fair share of not being respected or, or that hurting me really by not being respected, right? And so what I have to do is I have to manage my response to, risk, to lack of respect. And I'm not telling you to be a pinata, to get beat until everything bursts out of you, and you have an active rage or anger or, re- or a reaction that's that's right ungodly or unwanted, I'm not telling you to just take the beating. What I am telling you to do is to compartmentalize, to understand what they're giving you that might be hurting you, um, really trying to ask God. Um, re- you know, to help guard your heart uh, because we don't really know what, what the other side is going through. We don't know what, what they've been through. Most people and most parents parent from what they've experienced in their own home. And so you could be getting the end of the stick that the, your parents were hit with, right? And so, or, or, or you might be getting the wrath that's been given onto you or the disrespect that's been handed down to you. And really what it is, is it's it's, it's, it's kind of like the tip of how they were treated in their household. And I'm not excusing their behavior, but I want you to, to look at it from a 30,000 foot view when you feel disrespected to really say, you know what, I'm hearing my feelings. I, I know what I'm feeling. I'm giving my feelings a voice, but at the same time, I'm also don't know what they're currently going through. I don't know what they've experienced and witnessed in their home. I don't know how they were parented. And right, so so we only have ever half the picture. We only have the half of the picture that makes us feel disrespected. And so I want you to carefully, um, when you feel disrespected, um, take a deep breath. Here's just an action practical item. Take a deep breath. Maybe close your eyes if you're in the right place or in the right time and breathe through it. And allow yourself to process the pain of the disrespect before the response to disrespect comes out of your mouth. And so when you can process the pain of the disrespect, you're going to find that you don't react, but you respond. And, and that's where we wanna get with disrespect. We wanna feel that we are in the driver's seat. We wanna feel that we're able to, to maneuver and do things appropriately um, and, and calculatedly as much as possible, but more than ever, not reacting, but responding. And so we, we have to take the pain, give the pain a voice. I didn't like that I was treated that way. Absolutely, you're probably right. You didn't like the way that you were spoken to or spoken against or treated like or gossiped about. Absolutely, you're probably right. But with that comes the territory of do I want to react and really lower the standard of of disrespect at a new level. And so this is what I want to emphasize. When we allow disrespect to control what we do in our response, we are actually adding to the disrespect inside of us. And so the disrespect alone from the other person was pain enough. But when we start to to, to react from that pain, react from that disrespect and disrespect them back. What we're doing is we're actually adding to the pain. We're not providing a solution. I know in our minds, it feels like I'm going to get them back. I'm going to get them an attaboy back. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them something that stings and hurts back. But, and, and that may feel like in the moment mentally, I got them back. So I stood my ground, but really what you did is you added to the pain of disrespect in your own life. And so you want to do your best to manage um, your emotions in regards to your response to disrespect. You notice this, I did not say to not have emotions. I did not say to not um, have a pain or feel disrespected. I, I, I'm saying specifically to, to notice and be aware of how much the disrespect is affecting your reaction and your response. And so I wanna tie this all together to answer and finish this question. How do I honor my parents as an adult When I don't, when they, when I don't respect them and they tend to be mean or rude to me. It's, 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 I'm not going to say the word simple, but it's as it starts with this, honoring them by valuing them and seeing them where they're at, regardless of their treatment to you, past, present, or future. Secondly, not honoring, seeing them, valuing them based on your last experience with them and as you do that you're going to hold on to yourself you're going to hold on to your value and just because you honor them does never it does not mean that you that you agree with them it does not mean that you accept it and it does not mean that you've laid out your cheek to get hit again all it simply means is that i'm i'm standing on the word of god because i want to have long life so i'm going to value i'm going to honor i'm going to see i'm going to to, to pay attention to specifically to my parents without allowing their, their treatment of me to affect the way that I respect them and the way that I honor them. And so I hope that that helps you navigate through that question. And so I want to transition to the next question here, which is how do you, you receive God as your heavenly father when you don't grow up with a biological father or your biological father, um, you did have, wasn't a great example, well, I think a lot of people could agree with this question, um, and and I would I'll start this. This is absolutely a true statement. Our view of the heavenly Father, our acceptance to be fathered by God, is one hundred percent. Initially in your walk um, of Christianity, is affected by the way that you received or did not receive love, um, affection, protection, security from your earthly father. And so if you had a non-existent father, it's all new to you. I don't know how to accept an authoritative figure of my life. I don't know how to be disciplined from a father. I don't know how to be cared for by a father because I've only ever been cared for by a mother or an aunt. So so let's talk about this two categories. Number one, not having a father. And number two, having a father that either wasn't in the picture or was a bad example. So the way that this affects the first one by not having a father that affects our relationship with our heavenly father is that we will always look to the lens in which we see on earth. So we look to heaven with the lens of earth. And so when we're trying to look to heaven, to our heavenly father saying, father, daddy, I need to be fathered, but we had an absentee or a no exist non-existent father right in the picture. What we see, what we see from the heavenly father is that, that you are a voice in the sky, but you are not a present in, a presence in my life. I want to repeat that a lot of times when you don't have a father in your life or an absentee father that you might've only seen a couple times, your earthly response to your heavenly father is you're like a voice in the sky, but not a presence in my life. And so we like to connect to the voice in the sky, right? Even though we don't always hear God audibly, we like to connect to the, to the voice and know that there's a heavenly voice for our life, but we cannot put God in, in our life. We cannot see the evidence of him working out and fathering us through situations. So let's talk to the next statement. Maybe you had a dad that wasn't a good example a father or a stepfather that was not a, a healthy example. Maybe they were abusive. Maybe they were hurtful. Maybe they broke their promises to you, right? Maybe they broke the promises to your family. Whatever the case is, then you're going to look at God from the lens of, the heavenly lens of a broken father relationship, and you're going to say, I I am saying yes to the heavenly father, but I don't trust you. And so one is, I, I want to, I like the idea of you, but I don't, will never sense the presence, your presence in my life unless I get my mind renewed. The other side is I know you're there. I want you, but I don't trust you. And so we have to address these things in our life in order to be fathered by God, because I want to tell you this, if you are not asking God the father to father you, you're missing out. You're missing out on, 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 on lessons. You're missing out on wisdom. You're missing out on um, breaking generational curses in your life. You're missing out on creating new legacy. You're missing out on being that father or mother in your, in, to your earthly kids if you have them or if you're planning on having them. And so you're going to want the influence of being fathered by the heavenly father. And, and the only way to do that is you have to renew your mind. And so I'm going to walk you through what it would look like to renew your mind through an absentee father or a non-existent father in your life and one through a broken father relationship. And so first of all, when I'm walking through renewing my mind of what the heavenly father might be in this earthly father situation, I need to start to, to ask God the details. So what does that mean? That means this when you have an absentee earthly father and you're trying to get connected to having the heavenly father feel present in your life to father you, we need to ask God, what does it feel like? What does it feel like to have me as your son? What does it feel like to you, God, to have me as your daughter? God, what do you love about me? What do you like about me? What, what, what do you, what do you see when you see me? Do you see how we're starting to look for characteristics and the things that come to your heart in that moment, write them down, write them down immediately, because what you're going to do is you're going to notice that you're going to get fatherly attributes from heaven deposited in your mind and in your heart. And when you see them on paper, the, the not so present evident God, father, God is all of a sudden going to seem more than evident in your life. And so that's the first stage. The second stage is ask father God, ask God to father you wake up in the morning and your daily prayers. I don't know what your routine is like. It might be a two minute prayer. It might be a prayer on the way to the car. It might be a prayer before you brush your teeth, whatever that prayer life is. I want you to start by, by, by in your prayer at some point, including in their father, I, I invite you to father me through my day, to father me through some difficult situations, to father me in my marriage, to father me in my parenting. Heavenly Father, father me. I want to know what it is to be fathered by you. And I'm open to it and, I, and I'm inviting it. And you're going to see a life transformation through it. Secondly, the second group The ones that have the broken relationship. Remember we talked about the broken trust, right, of the natural father? So we have a broken trust with the heavenly father. Even though he hadn't done nothing wrong, he's naturally viewed that way, right? And so we never really feel like we have God in our life. We feel like he's an idea, he's there, we might get a goosebump. we might feel the presence of God, but we don't feel like we can trust the presence of God all the time because we don't know that we could trust a God that calls himself a characteristic as a father. And so first of all, in that part, we have to address the elephant in the room, the lack of trust. And we have to really, I I don't like to call this repentance because it's not that something that you purposely did wrong, but I want to, to lay it out almost like a repentance in the way of getting you to realize that we have some distorted thinking in this area. And so I like to just in that moment with God, maybe on the table with a pen and paper like the other one is I want you to sit down and I want you to ask God a couple of questions. I want you to say, God, where was my trust broken with you? Where have you, God, let me down? Where have I held on to areas that I think you might have let me down? God, show me in your word how I can trust you. And, and, and allow him to speak to your heart and to your mind in that moment, write those things down, what he indicated to you through that questions, and then go into a prayer saying, God, I trust you. I trust you because I know that you've chosen me before I even chose you. God, I know you, I, I can trust you because you're not a man that you would lie. Even if your earth, even if my earthly father lied to me, God, you're never a liar. Even if my earthly father didn't show up, it says that you're omnipresent. You're everywhere all at once. God, even though my earthly father may have not been consistent, you are the epitome of of, of consistency. It even says in your word that you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I don't know about you guys, but that scripture is the definition of consistency. For somebody to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And like the first one, next, invite him every day. Father, I want to trust you more. Help me, Father, to trust you more. Help me to be fathered by you and to lower down my trust wall and to raise, uh, to lower down my, my, my lack of trust in you like a wall and bring you in, open up the doors of my heart so that I can trust you like never before because I want to be fathered by you. Those are the steps. Those are the beginnings of having a supernatural, heavenly father relationship. I hope that some of these keys helped you out today. I believe that if you start to incorporate these in your life, number one, you're gonna be able to honor your mother and father regardless of their behavior towards you. And secondly, you're gonna be fathered by God the way that he's been wanting to father you. So let me pray with you. Father, we thank you so much, so much for this time and this moment right now to be able to sit at your feet, to be able to hear from your voice. God, we know that you even Jesus himself in scripture honored his mother even though he was god manifested in flesh he showed us the picture of what it was to honor his mother and father even though his father this was a seed from heaven he still honored his mother and father help us to glean to those understandings of that honor is not just something that's deserved honor is something that is given because we value and we notice and see the other person. Help us to value and notice and see our parents, even when our parents or those parental figures in our life are not making it easy. Help us to understand what it is to not react to a lack of respect, but instead to respond to it. Bring that Holy Spirit as the counselor that gives us wisdom how and the comforter that supports us as we do the how. And Father, we thank you that you've chosen us to father us that you love to father us. You can't wait to whisper those secrets. You can't wait for us to come on your lap, to, to hear from your voice and to glean to your understanding. Father, we want to be fathered by you. We want to have breakthrough. We want to have, we want to have um, a transformation of our mind so that we can see you as a heavenly father and run into your arms when things aren't safe. Run into your arms when things are going great because there's nothing like celebrating with our father. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We acknowledge you and we love you. I thank you for every person listening right now and maybe months and years down the road from now that this word is just as realistic, just as as important now than it is two, three, five and 10 years from now. We give you the honor. We give you the glory in Jesus name. Amen. We can't wait. Uh, Judy and I will be with you guys in our next session together. We can't wait to hang out with you. And like always, remember you're worth it.